Welcome to Collision, a podcast where faith and doubt collide. My name is Nick Flores, the host. Expect to hear on each episode a story from a guest in your community. Yeah, your community. A story of their own experience with religion, faith, church, and trauma. All unscripted, raw, emotional testimony around their own deconstruction journey. We believe in honoring our true selves by sharing openly our struggles, doubts, and breakthroughs when it comes to religious trauma. If you are looking for support in any of these areas of conversation, listen in, because you never know who else has been where you are today. Expect to listen from diverse perspectives and grow in empathy and understanding, because when we share and listen to stories of deconstruction, we create a space where growth, change, and resilience flourish. This is Collision, where faith and doubt collide. Now on to the show. Well, Nick, I'm excited to talk because you and I have recently talked when I was on your podcast. Yes. And uh, and that was great. Uh, just God brought so much out of it. Uh, so I don't know what this time will bring, but before yeah. we start off, you know, imagine that we're meeting for the first time and we're just crossing and passing. And in about 30 seconds to a minute, you want to just give me the broad sweep of who you are. What would you say? Oh, man, I think about this every day. <laughs> just... <laughs> Just because I moved to a new town and there's just so many opportunities to meet new people where I'm at. And so I think about this all the time. Like, what am I going to say? Who am I today? Um, I just feel like there are so many different facets of who I am. And I'm just trying to like piece it all together and trying to like make sense of who I am now and where maybe where I'm going. But um, I guess at my core, I am a creative person. I I'm a graphic designer. I've been doing design for as long as I can remember. Uh, I started serving as in youth group in junior high, sixth grade, doing stuff for the church um, as a designer, as an aspiring artist, I guess. Um, and I had pretty amazing opportunities in doing that, um, which then propelled me to doing design professionally after high school. Um, and yeah, but I guess at my core of like doing design, I've, I've been doing that to kind of cultivate a community as well. And so really serving people with gifts and talents that I've been given, but I'm also willing to like listen to other people, um, solve problems and, and things of that. So that, that's who I am. I'm a creative community driven person, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. When that cultivating community, like I got to experience that on your podcast, because that's a big part of what drives you to do that. It's not mm-hmm. that you want to do a podcast. It's that for your own, based on your own experiences and story, you know the importance of that. And yeah. so tell me a little more about that, your podcast and why it even came about. Cause I feel like there's something beautiful in that. Yeah. So, uh, I've always been a designer, so I've always been like, and you can ask my wife, since we've been married almost eight years now, um, and every couple months I've had this new idea of like, oh, I'm going to go design t-shirts and sell them, or 
um, there was a period where I was like, um, I was going to like create stamps, but carve out of the rubber myself and like create intricate artwork. And I was going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just had all these crazy ideas, but none of them have ever stuck. Um, and I think that's on purpose. I think God was just like saying, no, like that, mm-hmm. it, that's not like for you. Um, even though like I truly loved doing that kind of like art stuff, but, um, this podcast came about of really honoring those relationships I had growing up with people um, through my own story that's filled with trauma and messiness and is super complicated um, where God had people in my life that just listened to me and listened to um, the hurt, listened to the struggles and continue to encourage me and push me mm-hmm. and not ask me to defend what I am doing. Why am I acting out? Why um, am I stealing things? Why am I lying? Why am I not going to church for a season? But just really continuing to show me love in their own way and supporting me. So the podcast I created, Collision, is about honoring um, people wherever they are in their journey, whether it's people that have gone to church their entire life and they're just still rocking it, um, or, you know, people that have been hurt and they've, uh, they've maybe done some, they've had mistakes they, that they've done. They've been um, in all varied seasons of life um, just trying to be that safe space for people and be like, hey, I hear you. I validate everything you're saying. I see you and you're not alone in, yeah. in this journey. So really coming from that point of like looking back on my own life and saying, wow, I've really benefited from this. Mm-hmm. So... And I've been in all these different seasons where I've been hurt. I've I've been the one doing the hurt. Um, I've been blessed, and and so throughout all of that, it's just like I'm gonna honor who I am uh, more than just like oh my profession is a designer, um, yeah. but really at the personal level. Yeah. Well, and that that reality of meeting people wherever they are is something that. Mm-hmm most Christians would say Christ demonstrated. I mean, he met people mm-hmm. on the full spectrum of being in the midst of hardship, coming out of hardship, pursuing him, running away from him, like all these things. And he, he met yeah. them where they were. But functionally, mm-hmm. believers really struggle to do this. Our favorite place yeah. is to meet somebody when they're on the cusp of transformation. So like they may still yeah. be in the hardship, but they're, they're right there. We mm-hmm. really struggle if someone's in the at the rock bottom point, at the deepest point, at the hardest point. Why is it that we can believe that Christ demonstrates this, but struggle so much with actually authentically being with people in those moments? Yeah. You know, I I think about this even as just like trying to scale this podcast as well. I'm like, where, where is this going to go? And so I think about, exactly what you just asked. Why is it so hard for people to do this? Because I talk to friends and other people that have like have podcasts and stuff and that are kind of in this quote unquote like deconstruction space. And it's, it's even as like, if you're going into that deconstruction space, when I started this podcast of like, Oh, it's a podcast about deconstruction. It's a podcast about meeting people that have like walked away from, from the church. When I'm on that side of social media, it is, for the deconstructionist, it's mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of memes, and it's just like on the far end of the of the scale of like 
I'm just so against church. I'm so against um, the the establishment and God, and I want to speak out about this on the far end. But then, yeah, as you said, for Christians as well, it's I've I've listened to conversations about from pastors and and um, just other leaders, and they're, they're like deconstruction is like a problem, and we have to solve it, and and then they bring up like notable names of like certain like music artists that maybe were really big and now they're not Christian or pastors and now they're not Christian and they bring them up of like everyone's just falling away but and then it's like Jesus says love your neighbor as as yourself like that's one of the greatest commandments that's Mm -hmm. that's what Jesus says and so but it's yeah it's either one or the other because then growing up in church I remember specifically it was like oh, so-and-so is like the sports person and they're coming in this weekend and it's a big name. Um, and then they just share like this crazy testimony story of like, I was addicted to drugs. I've been to jail. Um, and then it's just, boom, now here he is. He's, he's a Christian or she's a Christian and she's on fire for God. Um, but we never, we re- yeah, we rarely meet people in that in between. It's, it's just like, we celebrate them after they've been saved, mm-hmm. but we don't celebrate people, our neighbors that we're supposed to love when they're hurt. We only celebrate them when it, it, it just kind of benefits us because it's this buzzword in, mm-hmm. in the church. And so um, I think there's fault on both sides of, of the coin for the person that's like, I I don't go to church. And then there's people that are like, you know, we're, we're, we're a pretty big church. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. so I think on both, both in both camps, there's just a separation of this gray middle space of people trying to figure it out. They're just kind of like, you have to pick one or the other. You can't live in this gray area of just like saying, hey, we don't have all the answers. (laughs) Um, Doubt is totally fine. Doubt is a part of the process of of either being a Christian or not. So that's kind of where I sit. It's like, I'm going to sit in this gray area because it's just, goes so untouched it's just like you have to pick especially right now like the world is very polarized and so Mm -hmm. um that's that's where i'm trying to create the noise yeah 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 when it's funny you talked about that one side where there's a lot of means and there could be a lot of frustration a lot of anger at the church and the funny thing is is i've heard from many people that the source of that is actually uh, when they felt like it was communicated that doubt was wrong, that doubt was bad. Yeah, that, and so when they felt it and when they couldn't fight it anymore, their, the only option was to say, well, I guess I must not be Christian. I guess this, right? Like, and that's a broad sweep. Yeah. But sometimes in our efforts to make things nice, neat, and clean, and not uncomfortable and not tense, we are actually causing more tension versus if we embrace, like you said, the reality that there's a lot that we don't know. There's a yeah. lot that we don't understand. And that if somebody is in that place, that's not a wrong or bad thing necessarily. Yeah. Like it makes When you were talking, it made me think of the story of Jesus going about his business. And then a crowd of people come and throw this woman down and said she was caught in adultery and she's wrong mm-hmm. and she's bad and we're, we're supposed to stone her, right? Yeah. And Jesus's response is interesting. He calmly says, you know, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. 
And in that moment, they went from recognizing in their mind that she sinned, sin is bad, must punish, to Mm. being convicted with, oh, but I have also sinned. (laughs) I have also wrestled. And I think we do the same thing. You know, if we see somebody who is publicly communicating doubt that they have, questions that they have, we can be quick to villainize if we have this idea in our minds that questioning God is bad, doubting God is bad. But if God is, in fact, incomprehensible, (laughs) bigger Mm -hmm. than our understanding, then every single one of us has unanswered questions within us. We may navigate it in different ways. Some people may get to that place of peace of saying, "Ah, I I will never know this, but like doesn't change the fact that there are unknowns and therefore we don't need to villainize someone who is wrestling with what to do with this unknown. And so you're trying to step into this space because of your Mm -hmm. own personal experience. Like you said, recognizing times where you needed somebody to create the space, times where you didn't create the space and now you're, you're doing it. You're, you're, and you're trying Mm -hmm. to figure out how to continue doing it. What have you learned? Because I think what you're doing is something that shouldn't just be you, right? Shouldn't just be podcasters. It should be all believers. So what have you learned that's helped you to be that? Oh, man, that's that's a really good question. I've learned a ton. I've learned that um, even even in our own lives, things aren't as black and white as we we think they are. and for me, it, it, the biggest takeaway is you don't you don't know people's context. Mm-hmm. You don't know where um, they're coming from. You don't know what they grew up with. You don't know kind of just all these things are predisposed to, of uh, like generational trauma or um, the church that they grew up with, the leaders that they've had, the bad and the good experiences. You don't you don't know. And so, um, kind of going back to that, even that other question of. Why do why do Christians not embrace it? It's because you know you don't sit down and you don't talk to the community that is hurting. You don't talk to um, the oppressed and figure out well how did you get here? Or um, you don't talk to your neighbor who identifies as as queer or trans and you don't ask them, hey, what is your story? What is your your background? How did you? How did you come to find this about yourself and, and sit in that with them? It's just, oh, you're you're trans, so I'm gonna write you off, or you're uh, you you know you sell drugs, I'm gonna write you off, or you're you're drunk, I'm gonna write you off. Um, you're divorced, it, and it's just like, oh, you're a sinner. It's like as you said, um, with that story of Mary, Mary Magdalene of, oh, she sinned. We're gonna just throw stones, and then Jesus is like, who is without sin? And I think it even goes beyond that of like who. Who is without any context? You know, who is without the story? Who is without being a human? Who is without being a creation? Who is without being um, part of this divine uh, of everything being divine? And, and if you truly believe God spoke the earth into in, into existence and created humanity, then you have to look at that person as that creation, not not the abomination. You know. Um, and so I think um, it's just all of that kind of wrapped in together. It's just like that's what I've learned is um, I, I just interviewed someone who I looked up to uh, basically all my life as a Christian hip-hop artist, and he's going to come on and share his story. And I he was just sharing, and I was just like, whoa, I would have never 
got any of that outside of me just hearing your music for so many years. Um, and But his story was so so beautiful and so like crafted and, and you can just see all all these things God did in his life and yeah he shares some of it in his music but at a part uh, for someone that is a creative as an as like a artist that's, that's just sharing music you know there's still some privacy there there's still a layer of like hey I'm not gonna just share all this out um, while it's happening um, but now he's like he's looking back on his own life and he's like God moved in so many ways and continues to move through all these ups and downs in my life and throughout all my doubt. Um, so I think even on that side of, hey, I thought this guy was, you know, he is a Christian and he still loves God and he still rocks like going to church and he's still sharing the gospel. But I would have never like known that if I didn't ask him, if I didn't, if I didn't reach out and say, hey, like you've been a real inspiration in my life. Um, would you be willing to share your your story? Um, and so I think it goes both ways. And so that's just what I've been learning along the way is like, there's no black and white. Everybody has these different contexts and these different experiences that have drawn them to, to certain conclusions about themselves or about other people. And so unless you're, you're playing in that gray, you're, you're never going to know. You're never going to yeah. know. Yeah. You know, you said something interesting there that there's this hip hop artist that was an inspiration to you. Mm-hmm. And then you learn more and realize, oh, I never knew that about their story. And it yeah. wasn't then that you're like, well, he's not an inspiration anymore. He yeah. seemed to become more like you were more yeah. inspired. And it's yeah. interesting because we do this broad sweep of inspiration being somebody is doing all the right things and living in the right ways. And it's what we aspire to. Yeah. But if we're honest, that's not always inspirational because sometimes mm-hmm. we see the divide between where we are and where they are. And if yeah. believers only communicate the best of themselves, which is like the big fault of multi, uh, of social media, right? It's like yeah. you only see the best of somebody's life and you make this assumption, well, their life is perfect, but mine, ugh. But then mm-hmm. when somebody's honest, people begin to resonate. And yeah. so here you are positioning yourself and... I know you have stories. And so mm-hmm. when you think of what you would want people to know about you and your story so that they understand they can resonate, what are some of the elements of that that come to your mind? Mm. I think there are, there are a few things. And so one I usually start out with is like church was or has an continues to evolve out of this season, but when I growing up, church was a safe, not saying church right now is in a safe space, but um, church as like an establishment, as a place to go, um, was a safe space for me growing up. And when, and I didn't realize any of this until I dove into therapy um, a few years back. So um, there's definitely a lot of work that has happened to get to where I am. Um, but I viewed church growing up. Uh, like I said, I grew up doing design. Um, I threw myself into ministry, serving as quickly as I could. Um, and I would do design, so I'd be working on the, you know, we were a small church, and so there's, you know, those Windows, like, 94 computer, the big box ones, and um, the fan just sounded like it was a plane getting ready to take off. Mm-hmm. Um and so I'm just like doing design stuff in the church office like that. Um, 
I I would work off going to summer camp because our family didn't have a lot of money. So I would vacuum, you know, clean the hallways, sweep under the pews, um, clean the windows, which they only let me do like a handful of times. So they realized this kid isn't good at cleaning the windows. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I just dove in and then I started, then it evolved from doing design and um, just cleaning to doing the sound ministry and setting the stage up. And then um, in high school, I started leading discipleship groups and teaching from the stage a little bit. Um, and then in my senior year, I was able to like, they would do like a high school takeover service for, for the church once a year. And so the high schoolers would take over. Um, and I had the opportunity to share from main stage on four different services. And mm-hmm. um, that was just, just huge. And I thought, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to run into ministry and this is where my life is going. Um, I was going to, I wanted to go to Bible college and then go to seminary. And then, I don't know, it's just like, maybe I'll be a youth pastor. Maybe that will go, like, you know, and there's, there's like this trajectory in my mind of where I'm, where I'm going to end up. Um, and then, yeah. And so I was just like so set on, on this path of ministry and, but at the sin on the other side, there's my parents, and they're like, "Well, you got to go to college, um, and you got to go get like a real, like a real education, not just go into ministry." Um, and so I was like, "Okay, well, I, I'm a designer, so I'll just run and I'll just go get my graphic design degree because that's easy because I'm already like a designer, and I'm like so full of hot air in my head um, to the point where I just dropped out of." dropped out my first first or second year in, in community college because I was just like, oh, I'm, I already know all this. I don't need to go do this anymore. Um, but then with that, you know, just a young kid, I, I that, that just wasn't working out with my parents and the realities of life of needing to, like, provide for myself, um, which then my dad was in the military, so that was – that was like plan B was, Hey, well you should join the military. Um, so yeah, I went and did the ASVAB tests and, uh, for the Navy and they were, they had a date for me to go off to boot camp set in stone. But then God said, God opened up a door for me to, to work at a summer camp instead doing a family, family camp to teach second and third graders for a summer at a Christian camp. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go do that instead. And, um, I, I ran away from home because my dad was so like, you got to join the Navy. Um, and so I ran away from home. Summer camp didn't start for like a month. And I didn't have anything on me. It was just like this big explosion at home. So I was just like, no, I'm going to go do ministry because like this is where I'm going to go. Um, this is That's just where I thought. And so, yeah, then God just continued to open up doors. And people from church were like, hey, yeah, we heard what happened. Um and we believe in you, so we're going to let you stay on our couch for a night or two and until camp started. And people like, someone bought me a phone, and people bought me clothes. People gave me money for that month till I, till I went off to camp. And But then I, then I worked at that summer camp all, all summer. Um, there were flash floods at the campsite, and so summer ended early because it was just all this flooding, and, and which was crazy. And then that just led me back to, why well, don't... I don't have home to go to. I'm not talking to my parents right now. Um, I I don't know, and I don't want to go back home because I've already like mooched and couch surfed all the couches I could, mm-hmm. um, and 
Yeah, so I ended up in Tucson, Arizona. Um, and when I landed, the, um, the person I was going to go stay with called me and said, hey, we, we have some bad news. You can't stay with us anymore. And, and I knew why, because in between me being in Arizona and camp ending, I stole some money from some friends I worked with and, and their family. And um, that was just like, oh, man, they caught me. And I just felt so alone and so left in the middle of nowhere, a city I've never been before. And um, so I ended up just being at a, staying at a hostel uh, for a month or two. I, I started doing design work again, picking up the free, freelance design. God kept providing in that way. And um, I always had a place to sleep. Um, food in my belly and stuff like that and so just a lot of provision was happening even in the midst of me feeling alone and abandoned um, and just like this opportunity to be mad at God because hey like I was going to do ministry and now here I am um, <laughs> it just like not doing ministry basically homeless um, and that was just like a crazy season in my life and then I ended up Long story short, I ended up going back home. Um, my parents just kind of like, uh, f- let's forget about it. Let's forget any of that happened. Okay, you don't have to join the military. Um, just continue to do like the freelance work I was doing and work my way into getting a job um, as a designer. And yes, and a couple years later, I, I, I got engaged to my wife, my now wife, um, and we were set to get married in, in the fall. And I, once again, stole some things from a neighbor's house. Um, so again, the cycle of like stealing and just like axing out. Um, and we end up eloping. My wife and I elope, cut everybody off um, from church. And we stopped going to church because, again, back when I landed in Arizona, it was everybody I worked with at camp just kind of left me. Um, everybody I thought I was serving with just left me, and I felt abandoned. I felt hurt by the by these so-called Christians that are supposed to love me no matter what. Um, these people I served alongside of all summer, worshiping, sharing, and um, doing testimony and ministry together just left me. And so in this moment of now, I'm going to leave everybody. I'm going to stop going to church before they can hurt me. Um, because I know what happened last time. I was burned. And so I'm going to self-preservation um and so yeah we just stopped going to church for a few years and then COVID happened the pandemic happened and you know you know George uh, the death of George Floyd Black Lives Matter rallies were happening all over the country um and the pandemic and COVID and churches as a whole were like oh the government's trying to shut down churches and it's like that uh, uh, from my perspective that wasn't happening it was a mm-hmm. uh, Hey, you just shouldn't be meeting inside. No one's saying you can't meet. Or you can meet online, which is totally fine. Yeah. Um, or you can meet outside and, and things like that. So, but, you know, things just became more polarizing. And so what went from not going to church because I'm hurt by people at church turned into now I'm, like, justifying why I'm not going back. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go back to church because the, the church doesn't know how to deal with racial recognition, like reconciliation and recognizing um, systemic issues and um, race and 
in like immigration and we don't the church that you know the Christian church and the nationalists don't know how to how to handle this but that's like all these I'm just trying to like convince myself out yeah. of it um, but then lo and behold I'm doing design I'm doing design still freelance and um, uh, uh, the young adults pastor at, at the church I was attending he he was becoming he wanted to transition into being a life coach because he had a he has a crazy testimony of being diagnosed with Parkinson's and um, he wanted to go that route as now like sharing his story and like helping people. Um, yeah. And so he, I ended up working on the project for him doing the design and branding and stuff. And in the midst of that, talking about like the program and mm-hmm. the curriculum he's walking people through, I was like, Oh man, that sounds like really benef- beneficial for me. So then he and I ended up connecting and walking through it. And mm-hmm. And what it what it is? It's um, it's called um, there's a, there's a men and a women's version. So men and women's skills, and then there's a marriage marriage version. But it's through this organization called the Rela- the relationship resource. Um, so it sets up the so basically on a lo- like a elementary level, it is there's a pain cycle and then there's a peace cycle. Mm-hmm. And so looking back on my life, there's these there's this vicious cycle of me. Um, stealing and, and being dishonest and lying to people and um, and so I'm like okay I know what my action is my action is stealing or my action is lying but then it's like diving into why why am I doing that why like what what am I feeling inside that has been a traumatic experience from my past to to be like oh, like I'm going to steal or I feel like I need to have power over somebody by lying to them. I need mm-hmm. to be dishonest. And it's just this vicious pain cycle. Um, and so I, I would, I, going through that, I learned, oh, it's when I feel abandoned. It's when I feel unheard. It's when I feel unseen. I need to take power over the next per anybody I can in any yeah. way I can. Um, but then... It's taking it to the next level of like, how can I enter into a peace cycle? How can I actually engage with my community? How can I serve my community? How can I listen to my community? How you know? How can I love my wife? How can I um, treat people with kindness? How can I um, you know all these like positives? Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of rooting it on of oh my my wife loves me. I know I'm not abandoned because my wife loves me or my, my wife is here or, um, but realize recognizing, Hey, my wife won't always be that constant because she's a human as well. So there mm-hmm. might be times where maybe I just don't feel loved by her, but mm-hmm. I can go back to the gospel and go to the Bible and back it up with scripture that God loves me. God is here. God has never left me. He will never forsake me. It hasn't abandoned me. And so now I can rewire my brain and say, I'm not abandoned now. I, I did feel abandoned as a kid. And the secret I, working through therapy, the secret I kept from myself was I'm a sexual abuse survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I spent so much time at church um, and so much time with my youth pastor, so much time at every single event I could be at. Uh, because I didn't want to be at home as a kid mm. because I was being abused by my older brother, somebody who had power over me, influence over me. And so I was just like, I'm going to go find it anywhere I can. 
And so church became an addiction for me. And so then when that addiction hurt me, I left it. Um, and then again, felt abandoned and I like flung straight back into that pain cycle. Mm. Um, but now it's like, you know, my, my brother is not here. He is not anywhere near me. There's definitely a safe distance now. I am an adult. I can now, God is here. I mean, he has always been with me. Mm-hmm. But now I have this understanding and I, can, I have the lens of seeing God everywhere. I can see the divine everywhere. And so in all these opportunities, because as a kid, I couldn't process everything going on. And, um, and I think God definitely, and, and it's, you know, you hear so many stories of people that have gone through traumatic experiences and they're like, I don't remember I don't mm-hmm. remember all the details. It's foggy. I, yeah. Or a, a, a survivor comes out years later, and then, they've, then they're like, oh, man, I was abused, whether mm-hmm. it's sexually, verbally, physically, or just any level of trauma. Your body wants to protect itself, and I think that's God's way of protecting you as well. And so even in the midst of my own conversations with people today, and they're like, yeah, I was, I was, I was felt manipulated. I was mistreated. Um, my feelings were never validated. Where I was in this horrible relationship, where I was abused, and I think it's easy, easy as well. One thing I also see is like someone will be like, "Well, why didn't you leave? Mm. <laughs> why didn't you just stop going? Why didn't you leave that person?" It's because it's not. It's again, you don't know their context. It's not as yeah. easy as as some might think it is to be to just leave that person. Yeah. For me, I was a kid, and my abuser lived with me in the room next door. And so, yeah, I couldn't leave that. Um, and I didn't know to speak up because I was a kid. I thought it was normal. Um, yeah. I thought, oh, this is just life because I didn't know any different. But now, mm-hmm. going through therapy and doing the work, I can see both sides. And so that's mm-hmm. also what I do when I go into these conversations with people is like, I can see both sides of my own story and I need to allow that person to get to that point where they can see both sides as well. Um, so mm-hmm. that's me in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Yeah. I know it kind of went on a tangent, but that's, yeah, that's what I let I mean, people know. It's like, yeah. There's so much in that. And mm-hmm. even that last bit, I think is super important. What you communicated about how, we have this gut reaction of why didn't you just, or if you had just, or, yeah. and you're right, we, we don't know the person's context. And I think even more important is the person doesn't know their context. Yeah. I mean, even, even as you're talking, I'm remembering certain things that uh, there was something that happened to me when I was a teenager that it took 20 years before out of nowhere, it suddenly clicked, oh my gosh. What that person did was not just wrong, mm-hmm. but impacted me deeper than I realized. 20 years later. Yeah. Right? Like I hit a point years later where I was like, well, that that wasn't good what they did. I didn't realize the depth of it <laughs> until yeah. much later. And so I think what it points to is a number of things, but part of it is the importance of what you and I are talking about. One is having space to process because if it's just us and we don't understand the context then we don't know what to process we don't even know that we need to process but it's in being able to have safe authentic spaces to process that we can 
begin to discover things, learn things. You talked about uh, going to therapy. Like that's the beauty of that is it creates a safe space to to put it all out there and somebody yeah. who knows what to do with all of that. Yeah. And then the other piece is the importance of community that we could come alongside each other. We were not designed to be solo in and of ourselves, figure it out, even though culturally independence is overemphasized. That's not mm. how we were actually built to function. We were not designed in that way. But you shared something that we have to own is very true. There are many people that choose not to process, choose not to engage because they're afraid of getting hurt. And the hard reality is they may be right. Right? There is no guarantee if someone goes on a podcast or someone talks to someone at their church, there's no guarantee that that person will navigate that in the healthiest of ways. One of my yeah. uh, previous guests talked about going to a Christian counselor that ended up basically, uh, it, it became an abusive space, but she trusted him. Like, like, sometimes people aren't wrong for having concerns, which yeah. raises the question. <laughs> you and I already talked about uh, what you have learned about how to create that space. But you shared in your story that there was a period where you did not want to be open for all kinds of reasons, both legitimate and not maybe, but yeah. you came to a place in which you have chosen to be open about it. Mm -hmm. And so how would you encourage the person who does not want to process or share because they're concerned of being hurt? Why should they consider taking that very real risk? Mm. I would say first find... When you're going to share, and, and when you come to that point of, I'm I'm going to do it. I'm going to take that next, and I'll I'll come back to your question of why. But when you're going to share, it's find a safe space. And like you said, that as your previous guest was like, well, I went to that safe space and I was hurt, um, and they just took advantage of me. I would say, I would say this when when I go, and like I just said, we moved to a new town, and so when I moved into this new town. I was like, I need to continue doing this work. There's still a lot more inside me that I need to uncover and, mm -hmm. and take out and dive through. Uh, and so when I when I go and I look for therapy or for a therapist, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to go wherever my insurance provider will, um, you know, whoever takes my insurance, whatever will be cheapest. Um, or and, and not even whoever would be the most expensive might not always be good for you either. But I would say when you're going to go do that, shop around. Mm -hmm. Definitely shop around till you find somebody that one can um, can support you in what you believe. And so, if you're like, oh, I, I really want to find somebody that is a Christian that believes some of the same things I do fundamentally, I think that's good. I think it's good to find somebody that is on the same path as you because you don't want kind of mixed signals between all these all these different life views or how you should go about life. Um, but also find somebody that is science-backed. I know, mm -hmm. especially in the Christian circle, it's just like, ooh, science. I'm not so sure about that. Yeah. Um, maybe I should just pray it away um, or things of that. And like depression, that's not real. Um, and so, but I think it's like really understanding the science of why, why am I feeling this way? What 
you know, what chemicals are firing in my head, um, and bef- like, and going into medication, I don't really know a whole lot, but my perspective on like somebody maybe needing medication is kind of just open to that person. It's a case by case basis. Um, I've heard from people I trust very well of like, maybe that should be a last resort is medication, but it's not like, Oh, like that's bad. Um, mm-hmm. because there are people, you know, just biologically, you're just you're born with a deficiency, and maybe your brain working that way. But mm-hmm. um, definitely find someone that believes similarly, similar beliefs. But also find somebody who's going to challenge you to dive into that next next um, story or next period in your life or next mm-hmm. trauma. Um, find someone that's going to encourage you to um, go out into the world and be your best self, rather than. Uh, be going to therapy and you're like, oh, I feel attacked. I feel hurt. I feel uh, all like all these mixed emotions. I don't think that's good. That's not beneficial for you. Um, and it's okay to shop around therapists. It's okay to find till you find that person. It's just like finding a church. Um, you know, there, there are def- various different flavors of church, different styles of church, styles of preaching, styles of worship, styles of like diving into the Bible and there are all these different flavors for you. And so don't like say, hey, I'm gonna just gonna suffer in silence with this person um, for an hour every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that yeah, you want you want you want that healthy tension of confirming your beliefs, but then also like challenging you on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, to go back to your question of why why should you or how should you how should you go about this? I was definitely um in my story, like I said, yeah, I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want anything to do with it, but I found somebody who, in my, I was luckily and fortunate enough to find someone who was a pastor in my life who I didn't ever feel taken advantage of. I always felt seen and loved and cared for by him and his family. Um, and I, you know, and so it was somebody I trusted who opened that door. And now he was a life coach and it was a little bit of like, it wasn't like full on therapy, but it opened the door for me to find, to then go, go through that session with him, that like 12 week course. And then it opened the door for me to dive actually, oh, I'm going to find a therapist. I'm going to graduate from this program and then dive even more um, to go deeper because I realized there's a lot of trauma here. There's a lot of hurt. Um, that I need now need to process even on a deeper level. And so I would say it, it one, like your story is important. It's, it's very important whether you're going to publicly share it on a podcast forum like this or not, but you should at least know for yourself what you um, have gone through and what you have conquered and what you have come out of. And so like the big part of my story is I don't, I, yeah, I didn't want people to know I was a, I was a felon at a period of time. I didn't mm-hmm. want people to know I was abused by my brother. I didn't want people to know I stole money or whatever. But, you know, I, I needed to know that for myself, first and foremost, because mm-hmm. then it, it benefits everybody around me. It benefits my relationship with my wife. It benefits yeah. the relationship with my kids. Um, it benefits the relationship with friends. It, um, it gives me a better outlook um, going into each day of... Hey, I'm not just that. I'm not that little kid anymore. I am now a grown adult. I can make my own decisions. I am safe now. Um, God is here with me every day, and yeah, I think it's. I think everybody in their own time 
will come to that conclusion of sharing their story publicly. But um, one I know a lie for me is especially that's been perpetrated even like in my own abuse was like no one's going to listen to you. No one cares mm-hmm. or you're insignificant. You're powerless. You're and all these lies are coming into our head. But the truth is like you're seen, you're valued, you're loved, you're cared for, you're not alone. Because in every conversation I have with people on our own podcast, it's it's just that. It's like, hey, so-and-so, it's like the same thing happened to them. They're, mm-hmm. they're, you're not alone. Yeah. Um, it, it, like things happen to us and there's so much commonality that it, it is easy. It is, it is easy and it is hard um, mm-hmm. to just sit alone in your own bubble I know that's one thing that's like a constant theme is from people that I talk to that don't go to church is um, it as growing up, it was, it was always when you're taught to like evangelize to people. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, they're just taking the easy route. They're just going sex, drugs and rock and roll all the way. <laughs> like um, that's just easy. They're, they're on, they're having fun. Uh, they're doing whatever. But the truth is like, it's really hard it is really hard for people when they leave um, church. It is really hard when they stop um, believing in God or they leave their community, they leave their families um, because of this hurt and this trauma. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the, and that's why I, I tell people, I was like, it's been, it's like a really hard story for you. You left your community, you left um, everybody you loved. You left this ideology of who you are. You mm-hmm. believed you, you to be this certain thing, and now you're out on your own. You're like, I don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had guests that have uh, dealt with suicidal tendencies. Um, they've been in and out of psych wards. They've um, they've just been on these crazy journeys trying to find out who they are. Um, but it wasn't until they dove into therapy that they find like, oh, this is this is who I am because. Yeah. Yeah, you find that, prof- like, I, I went into therapy um, not too long ago, and I was like, I just feel like there are all these, like, even at the start of this conversation, there are all these different, like, pieces of who I am. There are all these different, like, stories that I could share about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and I'm not just sharing them here on the podcast, but I'm, like, also trying to tell myself that every day as well. Who am I? Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you go into a room, you find a therapist, and the ther- the therapist I saw, she was like, that is my job. My job as a therapist is to take all these pieces that are flo- flying around the room, flying around in my head, and put them together for you. Um, yeah. And so you can't do it alone. Um, mm-hmm. You definitely can't. Um, and it it's not easy to jump into a room, and it's not easy to be at home. But when you get on the other side of it, um, or when you can see the other side, at least, then that's where the hope is. That's where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to keep going. That's where the inspiration is. And all these stories that I'm telling you about is like, when I talk to people, that's the inspiration. It's mm-hmm. it's in their down. There's inspiration when they go down, when they make mistakes, because and on the other side, they popped out. But in the mm-hmm. midst of it, as I shared even, in the midst of my story, I wasn't going to go tell my my friends and my buddies. My instinct was, I'm going to preserve myself and protect myself um, and not tell anybody because I don't want the judgment. I don't want, mm-hmm. I don't want people yeah. to come yeah. to their conclusions about me. Um, and so that also is like inspiration for my own podcast. And my own thing is like, I know what it's like to not want to say something because of mm-hmm. the judgment, 
because it is so easy yeah. to just jump to that conclusion. <laughs> then they just like start plugging you into like other stories and are like, that means he must have done this and he did this. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I didn't do any of that. I only did this. <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. yeah. So. Yeah. When there, so we've named the value of creating mm-hmm. space and we've named the value of engaging space. But I think one last thing that is important to name is we can assume what the end goal of that yep. is. Someone who's creating the space can assume that the end goal is that at the end of that conversation, the person is mm. healed. The person going into it can assume if I open up, things will get yep. better. And what you've described is that's not been your story. Yep. You've already said a few times there are still things that I'm working on, still things yep. that I'm figuring out. So if that's not the end goal of creating and engaging these spaces, what is the purpose? The purpose is empathy. Um, that's what mm-hmm. I say with, with the podcast. Like We share stories of deconstruction and reconstruction to, to create empathy, um, of just creating a, trying to create a better culture uh, around us, trying to serve. That, I think that's the best way we can serve our community is with empathy and understanding that not like I said, not jumping to conclusions. That's the purpose mm-hmm. of creating this space is understanding our place in the world. I think fundamentally, like as a Christian myself, I, I, I'm just like on this side of heaven of where it's just going to continue to be broken. Um, so when I go into, so yeah, I'm going into therapy. There are still things I need to work on because there's, while my lifespan is only 29 years now, um, there's so much I have to unpack in that 29 years. And every day or you know, every season, there's just something else happening where I get triggered or I get you know, just different emotions and different feelings, different responses to things. That, where I'm like, I'll go into therapy and I'm like, you know what? I don't need to talk about when I was 12 right now. I need to talk about last week um and unfortunately last year (laughs) last year for me all all every session i went to every other week was i need to talk about what just happened in the last week and i need to unpack what just happened yesterday or what happened this morning um or just on the drive over and so being in such a broken world i don't think you'll ever stop going to therapy um i don't think i will ever Mm -hmm. stop i think uh, I continue to think about uh, in the past week uh, the the parable of uh, reap, reaping what you sow was brought to my attention again, and I was like, "Oh man!" Like with everything, it's like whatever you put into it is what you get out of it. Um, so the more you get, you push into therapy, the more you work on yourself, the more you're gonna you're gonna sow. You're gonna be like, "Oh, I can I see the benefits." So I would say just continue starting out. It's not gonna be. Oh man, you're healed in a, in a week. You know, after one session, wow, that was amazing. I got it off my chest. Um, I continue to go back to the same stories. I continue to go back to the story I shared today of like going to camp and uh, I stole some things and people mm-hmm. burned me. Um, or you know, I mm-hmm. keep going back to these same stories. And it's the same thing. You go to the Bible. Um, you know, there are only so many books in the Bible. There are only so many stories we can share about Jesus, but we keep going back to them time and time and time mm-hmm. again and you know there are new studies there's always like this new version of a study bible there's always this new like thing and so there's mm-hmm. just so much more to uncover and like 
there are endless amounts of layers and you will continue to learn more about yourself and unveil things. And so I don't think you'll ever be 100% healed on this side of heaven. I don't think that. And so I think going in with the right expectation of I'm just going to go in and learn more about myself uh, is, is the right, right tone. Well, as we start to wrap up, how can people connect with you and what you're doing in your podcast? Yeah, you can follow me uh, at Collision Podcast on Instagram and TikTok even. I'm still trying to figure out what an algorithm is and and where it's going, but um, (laughs) at Collision Podcast. And then I have a website, collisionpodcast.org, and that will give you links to find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how you can connect with me. And if you feel like, Hey, I want to share my story, then yeah, feel free to come on. It's just, I tell people like, just pretend we're at Disneyland and you take me where you want to go and, and we'll, I'll follow along for the ride. It's, it's not a space for you to come and defend why you've done certain things, but Mm-hmm. It's just like, this is my reality. This is my truth. This is what happened to me. This, These are my experiences. And it doesn't need to be, oh, I was sexually abused. Um, mm-hmm. it, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it could just be as simple as like, hey, someone brought me to church one time and it just felt awkward and there wasn't any love in the room. Um, and so that turned mm-hmm. me off to church. Like, that is totally okay. Like, there are so many people that can relate to that. Um, and just sharing about it is mm-hmm. just like, you're not alone. Um, and so, or if you don't have mm-hmm. a, sh- if you don't want to share your story, that's fine. Like totally open, just be a long time listener and not have to call in is totally okay with me. Like, um, yeah, I tell people when they come to the podcast, don't come to it looking for an answer on life, but mm-hmm. come to it mm-hmm. ready to look in the mirror of one. Yeah. And I'm hearing this story from somebody. Can I resonate with any of this? Did I have any mm-hmm. similar experience? Um, to then be like, to get you thinking, was I abused? Was I traumatized? Was I, you know, manipulated? But then also looking in the mirror of, oh man, I, I've done that to somebody. I didn't know in that moment I was manipulating the person. I didn't know I was taking yeah. advantage of the yeah. person of, oh, am I a part of the problem? Whether you're like, you're that crazy mm-hmm. meme account that's just like deconstructing and you're just like posting memes that, I don't think it's actually beneficial to anybody. Um, or you're you're the you're the Christian that's just like everybody's going to hell. You need to repent. You're you're the guy in the corner that just has like Jesus is coming, and then John three sixteen on the corner of like I don't think that's helping either. Like you need to like engage in conversations mm-hmm. um, with people. And so that's what collision is. It's a way for you to listen to, uh, to both sides. Yeah, yeah, and I can affirm. As a, as a recent guest, um, you create an incredibly accessible space. I didn't even know what I was going to mm. share, but the space allowed for that freedom. But also you ask uh, fantastic questions uh, to navigate it. So anybody who's on the fence, uh, this is me saying that it is uh, a really life-giving opportunity. And as we close out, uh, is there anything else that you feel like God's putting on your heart that you feel led to share. Oh, man. I, I just want to reiterate, like, you don't know people's context. You don't know where they where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. You don't know where they're going. Like, I believe only God knows where the person is going. And so, for you to um, 
jump to that conclusion and whether somebody is saved or not saved, a sinner, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that's our call on this side of, of heaven. I don't think it will ever be our call. Um, because as you said, like, as you shared in that story, like Jesus said, whoever is without sin casts first stone. So whoever is without, like, mm-hmm. unless you're God, um, unless you're Jesus, like, we don't have that. Um, we don't have that authority. All we can do is sit with people, listen to people, ask them questions instead of like trying, just trying to understand, not trying to be like persuade, persuading anybody like to your side or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. and it's hard. And that is the hardest thing you can do. Um, I look back on conversations and I'm just like, oh, I said something. And I know I'm trying to like actively not say that. Like, of, uh, like mm-hmm. even in this conversation, I said it would be like easy to do to like leave the church, um, but then I had to come back to it mm-hmm. and say it's not it's not easy. It is really hard because um, I'm learning every day of of how to navigate um, the world and navigating people as well as and trying <clears throat> trying to just be understanding and being open because um, that's what Jesus mm-hmm. does. He sits with sinners. He sat with mm-hmm. sinners. Um, he lived with them. He invited them to be his disciples. Like, and time and time again, they they betrayed him. Peter betrayed him, and um, they all did in their own ways. And he just continued to love them. He never just he never like outed them. Um, and so, that's who I'm trying to be. Is just trying to be the Jesus I I know. Trying to be the Jesus I see um, and and understand. And I know I'm gonna fail at that time and time again, but. I just got to keep going, keep pushing forward, keep having the conversations, um, as long as people be willing to sit with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right, let's stop it here.